How much rest do you need in between times of work at the end of the day and beyond? In this episode, we look at the science of rest, showing how to rest well so you can work more effectively and for higher ideals, stay energized, and forge deeper bonds with others. I'm Sharif Yunus with Dr. Kevin Majors. This is The Golden Hour. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about our new masterclass. Now, if you think working better means longer hours, just trying harder, or sacrificing relationships, then think again. In this four-week masterclass, now available on OptimWork.com, Dr. Kevin Majors will guide you through the key ideas and the practice that will help you transform your approach to work. Now, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of The Golden Hour. I'm Sharif Yunus here with Dr. Kevin Majors. Kevin, good to have you back. Hey, uh, Sharif, thanks for having me back. Of course. Well, Kevin, there's been a lot of talk of Zoom meetings and how they might be bad for your brain if you do them too much. I guess some people... Yeah, Zoom fatigue. Yeah, Yeah. some people now with their work situation just have to sit kind of on Zoom all day. Uh, So I wanted to bring that up in relation to rest and breaks and how to stay energized throughout the day. Um, so Good. maybe actually just one kind of basic question is, is, is that something that we should be aiming for or is that just kind of giving into feelings? Okay, I need to feel rested. Or is the ideal that we actually train ourselves to be so resilient that we can just go for 18 hours straight in Zoom meetings? Exactly. To be like a super machine. Exactly. That just pumps out work nonstop. Yeah. Uh, the, the study was cool because it had nice pictures and it, and it showed how when people didn't take breaks, even like five minute breaks between Zoom meetings, their, uh, their, breads, their, their brains basically turned red. So they got redder and redder and redder, just showing they're, they're like, like, like saying they're overheating. Uh, now, as you pointed out when you when I when I first showed it to you, you said, "Hey, this is only fourteen people." <laughs> so, it's, but still, sometimes in neuroimaging you can get somewhere. But what was cool is there was a big difference in the brains between people not taking breaks and taking breaks, even though the participants didn't necessarily notice the difference. So, in self-report, you couldn't tell what was going on, but the brain actually showed this kind of pattern of getting stressed, essentially from just staying on continual Zoom, continual Zoom. So anyway, that's, it does highlight, though, the idea of rest. And is rest optional for a good worker? Or you know, is maybe another way of posing your question. Is it you know, the, the best, if you were really working at your best, would you never need a break? Is that some kind of platonic ideal we should be aiming for? I would say completely not. Yeah. That that no. would be machine-like. Okay. It's not biological. It's yeah, no. It's it's not something that is compatible with having a body. <laughs> so I think the, like, the fact that we have bodies means that we can't be machines, right? And and, and like, so it means that our brains actually require an alternation of work and rest. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I was reading the other day about. Uh, the one of the founders of PayPal in this uh, book, Founders at Work, and before their first demo, like public demo, it was actually 
So PayPal is, you know, about transferring money originally was through Palm Pilots. And their first investor thought it would be really cool if they transferred the millions of dollars of investment through PayPal on the app. But the only problem was that the app wasn't ready yet. So they Mm. stayed up for something like three days straight, the whole team just working nonstop and got it done like 10 minutes before the meeting. So you're saying that's not the ideal to, that's not the ideal to strive for. I don't think so. Yeah. Not, not to say that you, you just like, it's, it's probably could make sense if there's millions on the line or the health of a company or in medicine, the health of pay, patients, you know, in some extraordinary circumstance. Yeah. There, there could be extraordinary reasons to do it. Mm-hmm. But as a way of living, we really need an alternation of work and rest. Uh, and I think there's 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 a lot of reasons for that, but um, part though of it is that we will naturally grind ourselves down through an uninterrupted process of work, what we call doing a marathon, mm-hmm. and the quality of work undoubtedly goes down with marathoning, you know, versus having this alternating pattern of sprints and breaks, sprint break. So that you have times of totally high intensity and then totally times of rest. So that's kind of at the, at the level of the hour, that it's yeah. important to work for an hour and then take a short break and then come back. You know, so why is that? Could you provide a little bit of the background? I mean, does it make you a more effective worker? Does it help you kind of mentally, psychologically, you're indicating that yes, it does. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there kind of deeper reasons for it? Of, I, I find that if I work for too long straight, I yeah, I, th- I kind of feel like a robot. So it's not like yeah. I'm not engaging higher ideals in my work, but I'm just doing things to get them done. Uh, so yeah. so I, I assume there are a variety of reasons for the importance of taking these breaks. I think that often in optimal work, what we do is we look at the different um, axes in the brain, and I hope that doesn't scare people off. You know, but there's you know there's like it, it's a way of thinking about how the brain is organized and how it functions. And the top down one is all about deliberate versus automatic. And in any action, you have a blending of parts that are deliberate and parts that are automatic. Uh, so if you're playing the piano and you say you're playing a piece you know really well. Well, a lot of the movement is, is automatic, but then you're deliberately trying to you know, milk it in some way to have some special effect at that moment to please your audience at that moment. Okay, so there's always a blending of a deliberate and automatic. And in flow, you're fully deliberate, but it's also, there's a whole lot that is automated you know, in, the, in that time. Those two are kind of fully integrated in flow, being deliberate, being automated fully together. But in time, the automatic processes get a kind of momentum of their own. So, and then I think we've all experienced that when you try to take a break, you still feel like you're just going and getting things done. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you might even switch tasks or you finish a task and it's like, okay, now I'm going to do the email and now I'm going to do, and it's just do, 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 do. Yeah. And it's because the lower cortex's penchant for automation is so highly turned on that even now that you've finished that task, perhaps, it's hard to just get out of the getting things done mode. 
And it's good that we have goals and, and steps, you know, to, to reach them, but we just keep operating that framework. Ooh, now here's a little goal with little steps and here's another little goal. So there's a way in which to protect your ability to work deliberately, you need to rest deliberately and to turn off the push to keep working. That actually preserves your ability to keep working longer in the day. And it's a way of protecting stamina, I believe. That, that you are going to feel like, oh, I can just keep going, keep going. Well, no, precisely to protect it. You would take mm -hmm. a deliberate break. And then the purpose of the, the break is actually just being very deliberate. It's less about doing. And it's more just about being. And stopping these processes of getting these things done, what some call duration path outcome, just stop it. Come to a total halt so that you can then preserve the ability, reset everything inside, and when you come to your next sprint, really then be off and running again. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say reset being deliberate, because uh, yeah. you're, you're kind of getting into this automation momentum, yep. uh, what, what kind of activities would you suggest that would uh, fit those cri that criterion? Well, that criterion, I guess, would be just deliberately doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So to be, which is what mindfulness is, <laughs> essentially. So, so one way of doing this would be simply practice mindfulness or go on just a silent walk, you know, and you take a five minute walk. Uh, you know, it, uh, if you can go outside, it's better. The, there's a, there's, there are other things happening with, with our visual system. And when you're in a super tight focus, you know, you have to turn it off and let it restore itself and recharge. And you do that by having a wider kind of spectrum, a wide spectrum gaze. So you're able to take in a horizon or at least to take in your whole periphery. Mm -hmm. And when you're walking, you, you get this nice, pleasing sense of visual flow, things moving past you. And that's very calming for a large part of your brain. So there are ways of like getting around, getting moving, it could be listening to something enjoyable. It could be listening to music. Uh, it could be singing. Uh, you know, it, uh, you know, you like practicing singing, and I do. Are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's part of a process that you're engaged in. You know, I think yeah. the uh, but voice, you know, taking singing lessons and voice lessons is you know gives you things to practice actually on breaks. Yeah. Another thing I've been doing is, uh, yeah, physical therapy, doing some stretches. So for my improve yeah. the back after years of uh, uh, weightlifting irresponsibly, yeah, uh, that's catching up to me. So I use that time exactly. for stretching. Yeah, these uh, Agoscu clinics you discovered—they're phenomenal. So just yep. uh, the so I think that there are a lot. You know, even it, you know, it can be simple chores. Although I don't like that as much. But if it's a way of being very deliberate, you know, deliberately putting things away, deliberately, you know, cleaning things up, deliberately making coffee or tea. So, to, but to have, but to, just to have a sense that the purpose of the break is to restore deliberation, mm -hmm. to turn off all the automated stuff, you know, and that actually then lets that whole system recharge. Are there, would you suggest if people are trying to be deliberate, I, th I find it helps to slow down. So yeah, just do absolutely. things a little bit slower than you normally would. There's no rush. Uh, don't try to do a bunch of things at one time. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. If you try to walk somewhere 
slowly. I mean, you can simply set a timer for whatever, five minutes and slowly walk in the direction. And then when the timer goes off, slowly walk back. Then, but to do it slowly means it stays deliberate. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful practice of just moving slowly during in between times. Mm-hmm. Try to do smaller actions more deliberately. It's restorative, actually. Yeah. There's something about deliberation that is just restorative. Yeah. And if you find it painful, probably the more painful it is for you, the more actually you're going to be benefiting. As always. The more you need it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So, right. so I think that covers the question of how to rest at the level of the hour, uh, and then I wanted to next get into. Well, actually, we have we have kind of two options because you did the top down uh, axis of the brain. Do you think now it makes sense to get into the front back axis? Yeah, I think you can always analyze any of these components and these you know. And so, there's a whole different approach to rest indicated by the front back axis in the brain. Which also, I think you're going to talk about the day as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah, and and maybe that's even clearer at the day level. Oh, that's true. It's also at the hour level. And what I'm talking about here is what's called incubation. Uh, sometimes we call it the reentry benefit. But in studies of creativity, uh, they they talk about you working on something for a while and then you put it aside totally, where it incubates. Then you come back to it uh, and you find like often these new lights, new insights, you know, something is illuminated and then you work, you know, back at, at, uh, at kind of nailing that down and verifying it. Okay. So, but that's a very ordinary process that we all experience that, you know, you can um, have benefits to getting your mind off of things and you just put it on the back shelf and you let it sit there. And then your mind is actually working on it in the background. And next time you come to it or think of it, there's been progress. Okay, so that is one of the big benefits people get from, you know, being able to, one, start projects earlier so you get some progress done on them and then be able to put them aside for perhaps even a long period of time and the things can be worked on in the background. And that applies then also to the whole day of having a very clear stop time for the day that you know that you're you're working hard up until the stop time but it is complete at exactly that time you're done and then you that like trains you to just put everything on the shelf in your mind see if you if think if you work through the stop time and you're checking your devices and your computer and email at night there's nothing that turns it off so you don't get this benefit, the incubation benefit, you know, which is putting things out of your task attention completely into the background allows you to get new insights and momentum when you come back to them. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big reasons why you don't, this happens actually even at the level of an hour. If you get a 10 minute break and then come back, if you got your mind totally off of things for that 10 minutes, you will have something fresh when you come back. But it's especially noticeable at the end of the day. Put it so that you have the period at the end of the day is the big rest, the big break. Um, we need daily periods like that of hours where you're not working. Every week, we need at least one day where we're not working. You know, I would say every year, you need some weeks of not working. 
So, and maybe you need sabbatical years too. I haven't thought that far ahead, but, but there is a normal rhythm, you know, of, you know, taking these longer periods of time off and the more completely you can get your mind off of work, the better it is, the better the incubation works and the more lights you get when you come back to your work the next day. So great. Uh, now this seems all very focused around becoming more effective at work. So you yeah, take breaks sense. to be more effective at work. Uh, is yep. there, because we, we always, we talk a lot about uh, putting work at the service of higher ideals. So is, is there an element there to, to it as well that we want to take breaks to make sure that, that we're not getting kind of overly attached to work for its own sake, but we're always trying to see it in light of these, the bigger context? Yeah, I think that in some sense, the first way we talked about breaks was about in a way of protecting deliberation. Mm-hmm. and being deliberate and helping deliberation to be more thorough by taking deliberate breaks. Then we talked about here, you know, the front back difference is protecting and helping task attention so that its ability to really attend things to things really well um, is helped by this incubation that takes place when you shift your task attention to something else. But I think in the bigger part of life, it really is more about bonds and relationships. You know, and are you working for yourself and your own satisfaction or are you working for others and, to, and, and really to have meaningful and deep bonds with other people? All of us want work that brings joy to others, that does real good to others. That's what it means to be proud of your work is that you're taking pride in the fact that you're really capable of doing this in a way that best serves others and you could say the common good. Well, I think that breaks also and rest allow us to, to really put relationships on top. You know, because in periods of work, the people in your life are there as a kind of end goal, like one of the reasons you're working, you know, but they're not necessarily directly involved in the task at hand unless you're working in the home. But when you're resting, that's when you're directly working with the people that you, you know, presumably love most and live with and, you know, and your closest family and friends. And so that, I think, you know, is a time then to really rest in bonds, you know, the, to rest in relationships and to see rest as your best time of relating more deeply to others. Mm-hmm. So versus, you know, in a way, that's the whole purpose of work anyway, isn't it? To make you to be growing and thriving and at your best so that you're able to give your best to those in your life. So it seems to me like, you know, that kind of the relationships we have are the reason we actually want to work well and to yeah. be able to provide for those we love and on all of that. Well, that's, that's then what comes to the forefront in these periods of rest. That could be in between times of, you know, in between golden hours or sprints, but it could also just be at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, but there are times when you're not working and to see that those can be also wonderful times of building those bonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting what you're proposing. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, I just got to get, you know, get the workday over with so I can make it to the evening <laughs> or get this week over with so I can make it to the weekend, uh, which is, of course, mm-hmm. not what you're proposing at all. The opposite extreme would be you know, more the workaholic type of yeah. Always working, always working. So what you're proposing is kind of a middle path between these two of where there's a real harmony between work and rest, work and life. Yeah, 
You know, I think that really you could probably get about four hour, really good hours of work in a day. I think that, you know, when I talk to, when I talk to most people, you know, and you see how many really good blocks of, now it might be that they're 90 minutes long, but I might call it, you're like four golden hours. Um, but still, you can get about four of those in a day. Now, maybe some people can get six. That's great. But uh, when I talk to grad students and say, how many actual golden hours are you capable of doing in a day? And these are people who I've worked with for a while and they've trained. You know, they say four. Basically four. For very intense, difficult work, that's about what you can do. And then you have periods of lesser work. Sometimes those periods of lesser work actually can be like a function like a break. But then I'm also saying here, you need times for just pure break, just practicing being deliberate, being present, and being present to others, and finding ways to incorporate that more in your day so that you're, you're not, um, but I think it is like working very intensely, maybe you know, less than people think that they need to, you know, you know, if you can work super well, it's better to get that in these four bursts in a day rather than in one long marathon slogging it out until 10 p.m. at night. Mm -hmm. So it is a middle ground. Yeah, you yeah. need the balance in order to even work at your best and achieve the most. Yeah, absolutely. So last question is getting a little bit now specific. So what should people do during, you know, they're, we're encouraging people to stop working around 6 p.m., uh, generally speaking. Uh, so mm -hmm. then having a meal with family or friends. So then, you know, how do you, so we actually got a, a kind of email question. So let me just read uh, what this person said. That um, TV is an option, but that usually leaves me agitated and not refreshed. There's reading too, which sometimes maybe even usually works. But what about those times when I just don't want to read after 15 hours of action? Uh, so I can definitely relate to that. Uh, sometimes you get you get done with the day and you're oh, reading. It's a lot of effort, uh, especially if it's something kind of philosophical or or some literary work. Uh, so yeah, do you have any kind of specific advice on what people can actually do during this time? I I think that when you look at any kind of virtuous cycle, and we and we talk about how do you know that you're engaging in a virtuous cycle. You know, and that's because that, whatever it might be, it could be the practice of teaching. It, it could be, uh, you know, or learning how to be a mentor. It could be any kind of work or sport. What happens is there's an increase in meaning and mastery and pleasure. You know, and those are really, really primary goods, you know, that are, that are worth pursuing, meaning and mastery and pleasure. And so I would first think of the most meaningful. Okay, so if you're resting... What would be the most meaningful way of spending this time? You know, and you know, probably it's going to be with those you love most. You know, it could be times in silence with them. It could be times, you know, in uh, that you're doing something together. It could be conversation, whatever it is. But uh, sometimes it happens though that you know the person um, maybe their spouse goes to bed earlier than they do, and then what do they do? You know, or there's they just have time or maybe they're not, you know, living with anyone and they're, they're single. Well, you know, and so if there's nothing, you know, you have people to call, friends to talk to, friends to reach out to. I think the social things are the most meaningful in general. So, you know, that people um, talk to others, 
Okay, so that's like the first thing. Like, what's the most meaningful way I could spend this? Another question is, is there any way to be use this time to grow in mastery? And sometimes there are really good things to be reading, you know, and it helps to read things related to your profession or things that help you understand the history of your profession or help you understand culture, to become cultured. Being cultured is a kind of mastery, you know, and uh, just getting enriched culturally. That's another great use, you know, of, of rest time. But it's also perfectly valid, I think, just to have it be pleasurable. You know, that there are things that you just enjoy doing. There are stories you like reading. You know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of certain fantasy series and writers like Brandon Sanderson. And, you know, um, and I just find it super enjoyable to get into their worlds and to, and to be reading those things. And my schedule doesn't allow me a lot of time to do that, but it's nice to have time. It's very relaxing to be able to exercise that. Um, I think fantasy as a genre is very good for that, you know, exercising, but that's a different question. Uh, but also then TV shows and series, you know, that uh, as long as it's something that, you know, you wouldn't be embarrassed to tell your, you know, family, friends, and coworkers that you're enjoying this. And I think, you know, so there's something that you think is good. It's a, it can be a wonderful way of resting. I don't think people should have any scruples about enjoying their time of rest at night. Okay. That's helpful. I'm ready that's, to... <laughs> practice that stuff yeah <laughs> especially the last one yeah. uh so uh yeah. great well Maybe just the, the big thing is just that when we we shouldn't undervalue rest rest is actually it's like we spend a third of our lives sleeping you know and it's about right that we spend a third of our lives resting and then a third of our lives working mm -hmm. so that uh and i think that's just the natural division of time you know and so it's a it, you do want to um rest is how you uh, end up having like having time to put you know to really be improving and deepening in that sense of meaning and mastery and the enjoyment of life. So how you rest is super important to how you work and how you live. Awesome, I think that's a great summary. Uh, great. Unfortunately, now we're out of time, so I guess we have to rest. Okay, time to rest. Thanks a lot, Sharif. Okay, thanks so much, Kevin. We'll be back next week. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out OptumWork.com for a set of online tools to help you engage challenge in your life. See you next week.